here it's been long awaited um so it's time to start breaking down some games again i guess we can start off with uh the clemson georgia tech game um sam if you want to kick it off i guess okay um yeah i'm going to try and keep this short and sweet obviously sid's got some stuff he wants to talk about um and i don't think it serves a whole lot of purpose to explain why the spread is what it is no disrespect, but obviously I think Clemson's probably the superior team here. Um, and I think really the keys to the game is just I've got one on offense, one on defense. Um, but more so than anything, you just want the game to be comfortable. Last year, obviously, uh, final was 14 to 8, lightning delay. Tech had a chance to win it in the final minute on the freaking goal line. Just not, again, like I said, you you really want the the score of this game. It's not about covering the spread or DJ having a certain amount of passing yards to make you think that the offense has progressed. It's really just about in the fourth quarter, the outcome not being so much in question. Uh, and I think that starts with the defensive line. Um, you know, the entire offseason, we've been talking about how good this defensive line is with, you know, Miles Murphy, Brian Brissett's back from injury, Xavier Thomas and KJ Henry coming back for their sixth year. We know about Tyler Davis. Uh, Rook had a crazy good year last year filling in um, for Brissy while he was injured. But now it's about going out and proving it on the field. Uh, and that starts with just controlling the line of scrimmage. I think Tech more, I, at least what I think is going to happen is it's probably going to be a pretty similar scheme to what Clemson had against Georgia last year, where you look at the defensive line in front of you and it's, you know, for lack of a better term, it's an immovable object. So instead of trying to move it, you go around it. You dink and dunk with high percentage passes for Jess Sims. Uh, you know, you try and get your skill position players involved any way you can, uh, because I don't think they're going to run Dante Smith up the middle 15, 20, 30 times. That's probably not the plan here. Uh, so that's going to give the defensive line chances to pin their ears back. Um, and Tech, frankly, this was not a very good pass blocking offensive line last year. Uh, gave up 2.75 sacks a game. Uh, that was good for 104th in the country. Um, and you've only got one returning starter in, in Jordan Williams. Uh, the, aside from him, the four other projected starters um, have a total of six career starts under their belt. Um, so I think the talent level is probably going to be a little bit higher. Um, maybe the floor is, is higher than, than some of the offensive linemen from last year, but you still have a, an untested group uh, that's going out there against, again, what I think is undoubtedly probably a top line in the country. Um, you know, the only thing I really say about it is Trey Williams, who's going to be a, a good depth piece for us at defensive tackle. He's going to be in the rotation. The odds of him playing are not good. Um, and I think expectations have to be tempered for Brissett right now. Um, you know, it's one thing for a skill position guy to tear his ACL when you're under 200 pounds and come back in a year. It's a lot different when you're talking about a guy that's 310, 315 with that kind of explosiveness. Um, not to say that I don't, I don't think he's going to have a good year or anything, but 
I think to really expect him to just be kind of controlling the game in the middle right off the bat is probably um, probably ill-advised. Um, but again, like I said, I think Tech's going to try and dink and dunk, um, and you just let the defensive line control the game. Because if you can do that, it's going to be really hard for them to sustain anything, and it takes a lot of the pressure off the offense, which going to the offense, I think really it's just got to be an extension of what you saw the last month and a half of the season last year. you got to get heavy formations. you got to get your running backs the ball. you got to get multiple backs, multiple tight ends on the field at the same time. Now, it's – I mean, I feel like Clemson Tan is going to be forced in this way because you have Bo Collins and E.J. Williams who are listed as co-stars at the field receiver. Both of those guys have been hurt for the entire camp. Um, I would be extremely surprised if Bo Collins even dresses for this game, um, and I would be even more surprised if E.J. Williams is a factor at all. I think he'll definitely dress. He'll probably have to play some snaps, but both of them have been so limited that, you know, when you can't go live in, in practice, you, you just can't get any better. Um, so I think, again, that leaves us thin at receiver like we've been for the past – couple of years seems to be a consistent theme. Um, but the plan has been to incorporate, you know, Jake Burningstool, uh, sophomore tight end, he's about 6'6", 230, uh, very physical blocker. He's just not that thick. Um, but he gets out there in line. Like I said, he's a very willing blocker. But he's by far the best route runner and receiver we have at tight end. So you can flex him out um, and even put him in the boundary um, by himself like we did with Davis Allen a couple of times last year. Uh, just to create a mismatch. So I think moving some pieces around, getting all of your backs, Will Shipley, Toby Pace, getting all those guys involved, um, that's going to be that's going to be a big part of what we have to do offensively until the offense can get in a rhythm, or until DJ proves to be something that he's otherwise not shown to this point, which is being able to complete anything beyond you know about ten yards down the field. So. You know, with that being said, just a couple of little things that I expect. Um, one being club to get some relevant snaps. I would be more surprised if we didn't see him before halftime than if we did. Um, I think, obviously, again, you want the game to be comfortable in the fourth quarter where you can run him out there and let him, you know, kind of run free. Um, but, it, I mean, it's not a Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence type deal where he's clearly the better player. Um, but I think – I think everyone realizes that DJ's leash is not going to be as long. Cade has a lot of the attributes you want in a quarterback, and you got to get him ready. Um, whether whether you need him or not, you need him to be ready. Um, the second one is Antonio Williams. Uh, he's listed as the backup in the slot right now to Brandon Spector, but he gives us something that no one, none of the other receivers have. We have a bunch of these tall basketball player type receivers that that are good in the boundary. And that's not to say that these guys aren't athletic, but he just brings a different element with short area quickness, um, yard after the catch ability. I mean, he's, he's able to separate uh, in the slot. So just some things that were lacking um, since Amara Rogers has been gone. I think he's going to, as the season goes on, I think his role is just going to increase. Um, so I think we'll probably see the ball in his hands pretty early. I don't think he's going to return punts, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him or Will Taylor back there, just kind of depending on what they want to do. Uh, and the third one is something that we've talked about amongst the four of us, but we haven't mentioned on the podcast since I did the, uh, the camp updates and stuff first. This was something that happened kind of midway through where freshman Blake Miller got moved into the starting lineup at right tackle. We moved our 
right tackle from last year, Walker Parks, into right guard. Um, he profiles more as a guard at the NFL level. Um, and having those guys on the field together gives us our starting, our best five. Um, and that's something that I think is going to make the interior a whole lot more stout, um, which obviously is going to help against the run game. You've got Zeke Biggers and uh, Chumezda out there combining for almost 700 pounds worth of bodies right there in the middle. And they gave us fits last year because we were just soft up the middle. Um, so it'll be a good test for it. But again, I think this is probably going to be the best offensive line uh, that we've run out there since, you know, since probably 2018, 2019. Uh, so it'll just be interesting to see how all the freshmen are used, um, kind of how we mix the linebacker snaps. But I think, like I said, I'm trying to keep this as short as I can. So that's that's what I got. I'm curious to see what Sid thinks, and then I guess we'll kind of bounce around after that. Yeah, I mean, I think that was pretty well said. Um, I definitely agree in the fact that I think for you on y'all's end, you want this to be a controlled game, especially by the time it gets to the fourth quarter. I think on our end, I mean, obviously the probability of winning the game are not very high in the position that we're at. But um, I think for us, it, it starts with not being um, physically dominated. Obviously, Clemson has the athletes to just go out there and out-athlete you. Um, but we're in a position where we're third year uh, removed from uh, changing schemes, got guys that we brought in with size, but needed a couple of years in the uh, strength conditioning program. So we shouldn't be to the point now where we're just out there just getting physically tossed around um, like we've seen in the past when we played teams like Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame, all that kind of stuff. Um, at some point, that's just got to be uh, a thing of the past. And that's kind of one of the things I'm really looking for um, this year. Uh, so I think to begin with, for offensively, with a new staff, new uh, offensive coordinator, new system. We got to really just get the ball going early. I'm not saying we're going to go out there and put out a bunch of points, but in the past it's been out there three and out um, and your defense is right back out on the field. And then in the first quarter, you know, when you do that two, three times in a row, it's kind of like the wind's just out of the sails, out of the gate. And that's really tough to just kind of do anything. Even last year, um, once we gave up more than eight points, you kind of felt like, okay, this one's a little bit out of reach just in after the first quarter. Um, like you just got that feeling of there was no rhythm, there was no um, any type of momentum, nothing you could really build on. Uh, so I think obviously for one, Long's not going to let us go out there and run our beat our head against the wall and try to run Dante up the middle. I also don't think we're going to drop back there, run a bunch of long uh, developing routes and sit back there and try to protect the quarterback. Uh, I think Chip's going to be much more innovative, much more creative in the ways that we do. Kind of like you said, you could probably see us doing a lot of quick rhythm passes, uh, you know, trying to get the ball out quick, doing a lot of Dinkin and Duncan. Um, but I, I think we're really going to max protect, probably run a lot of two tight end formations, try to get Luke out there free. Um, Luke Benson had a really good spring. I'm going to try to get him open, use him as a weapon, and probably have P.J. Harris out there in line blocking uh, just to add a little bit to your – your tackles. Um, I think Dante, I, I read on your notes that there's not a proven weapon. And I mean, I, well, I see that I, I, I get what you're saying in a proven weapon, but Dante's explosive as hell. Um, Dante's a hell of a runner. And if you go back and watch the Georgia game from last year, even before Georgia pulled everybody, Dante had success running the ball and he was really the only one. Um, Jameer didn't have success. I mean, Jameer was hurt or whatever you want to call it, but um, 
Dante was was actually somewhat effective in terms of relative to what uh, you could expect for us with our poor offensive line against that defensive front last year. So um, I think I think Dante can find some success. I'm not saying that's between the tackles, but he's a tough runner. Uh, multiple times last year where you thought he was down and he wasn't down and uh, he sprung him. Um, he's really explosive. So I think uh, he's going to be trying to more prove that he can be your every down back and take that load. Uh, he was really just kind of a burst guy last year when you needed a break. And, and he took uh, took advantage of those reps, but now we need him to take kind of more of that role of getting the – he's on the field first, second down, um, potentially third down, uh, and, and take the majority of your reps. So I'll be interested to see the progress he makes there. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit for the offensive line to kind of gel. I, I do think that while the experience is not there, like Sam pointed out, the, the talent level is, is much higher, and especially in terms of depth. Um, at tackle position, Jordan's only, Jordan Williams is the only returner, um, but he's apparently looked the best he's been. And he's actually been pretty solid for us. Not, you know, not, not a lockdown tackle by any means, but he's, he's definitely been making progress and getting to that big body tackle that you can trust. Um, he'll stay at right guard. And I think we'll see Corey Robinson at left guard with Jukai Leftwich uh, filling in if need be. Um, we'll have Western Franklin at center. Uh, he apparently looks much improved and is kind of taking more on that, that role of, you know, being the, in charge out there on the offensive line, making the calls and, and looking at fronts. Um, guard position still kind of up in the air, I believe. I, I do think it'll be a combination of Paul Teo, Pierce Quick, and uh, Paula Vautulu. Uh Paula is probably going to lock down the left guard position. And I think it'll be a, a competition between Pierce and Paul if Paul's healthy enough by then, which it probably will end up being Pierce Quick. So, like I said, I don't think we're going to go out there, run for a bunch of yards, run the ball down th our, their throat, and just sit back and protect Jeff all day. I do think Chip's offense is designed to protect the quarterback more. Uh, I think that's a lot of the scheme where versus Dave was just, he was going to try to do what we do. And if that's not working and there's no way around it. And that was one of the things that was really frustrating playing teams like Georgia and Clemson and Notre Dame and things as such. So I am excited to see the difference in that aspect. Um, and then mainly get, we just had to take care of the football. Um, there's been times where Jeff is really lackadaisical, um, just doesn't really seem to be, care to be out there, make stupid decisions, and get some sloppy with the ball. Uh, that's how a game gets out of hand. We didn't really do that versus Clemson last year. When we did, they kind of gave us the ball back. That's why we are in the game 14 to 8 at the end of the game. Um, so we really got to cut down on that. I'm hoping that some of the development we are hearing about from Jeff in terms of having a new quarterbacks coach and kind of maturing uh, that we keep hearing about from this offseason. So that's kind of one of the things I'm looking for from Jeff, because I think if you can keep the turnover margin uh, even or, or even win the turnover margin, you at least have a shot. I'm not saying that's a good shot, but you're at least in the ball ballgame. Um, I don't see Clemson's offense blowing us out of the water um, unless they just completely turn things around. If you look at it, we were probably the worst defense in Power 5 football last year in terms of broken plays. Um just mental errors. We, we would, we, just about anybody was torching us and Clemson was only able to muster 14 points, which was um, really surprising in, in my eyes. And not at the point, not at that point. Um, it was so early in the season. You didn't know the defense was going to be that poor, but at the end of the year, you look back and you think, you know, it's really surprising that that offense um, could only put up that kind of production against a, a defense that was really just never on the same page, poorly coached. It was just a mess. So, 
Um, unless, and I, I know they improved towards the end of the year, but unless they make some type of big turnaround, um, I think your defense will be at least be able to keep you somewhat in the game. Your offense just has to be able to um, do something, get some type of momentum, get some type of production. Um, a few little things here. Keon White uh, is really getting healthy. He's supposed to look like the guy that we brought in from Old Dominion. He was the most uh, dominant defensive end in uh, that division and then brought him in and broke his leg and just really hadn't looked like himself, but he's supposed to be looking healthy. They say he looks as physical and um, is as, as physical of a presence as we've had on the defensive line since Derek Morgan, which would be huge. We need that kind of production. I really think the defensive line is really taking a step up. Noah Collins, Kyle Kennard, Josh Robinson on the outside, and, and then uh, Daquan Dallas, uh, Aquilo Stone, and uh, and Zeke Biggers kind of locking down the interior with Chemezda getting back healthy. Uh, that would be huge to, to see those guys take a step up. Um, I don't expect us to have Leo Blackburn. I think EJ Jenkins is going to have to kind of take over that um, role for uh, possessions. And um, I think Luke Benson's really going to have to step up, like I said earlier, just so we can get some, some production out of the receiver and tight end position. Uh, lastly, I have is Trinidad Tatum's really kind of taking on the, the role of being the leader on the field in the middle of the field uh, and the defense, which is going to be huge because I think Charlie Thomas is kind of one of those guys that doesn't need to think too much out there. He just reacts. And um, at one point he led the ACC in uh, interceptions last year. And we, I mean, dude just flies around the ball and is capable of, you know, making those big time plays. Uh, I think if you put too much on him, ask him to do too much, that's when you're going to kind of see a breakdown from him. So it'd be huge if you could have a guy like um, Trinilius go out there and kind of take over that role as a leader on the defense and just let Charlie play free. Um, that will maybe take a little bit of the spotlight off of Ace as well. Um, and you hope that he doesn't get exposed as much. So uh, outside of that, that's really all I have for the game. It's really kind of more about just seeing improvement in certain aspects. I know I've been saying that for a while under Jeff, but um, this is kind of a show me type year uh he doesn't have much much leeway much much rope left on that leash and um you really just have to see things at this point that you're looking for so going into it with uh the right expectations i think is key uh and just having things that you want to see make more sense than going in there and saying we should be clemson game one of the rip off the rip um well, it's not ideal, I do think we get Clemson at the best possible point. You could play them coming off a year where they struggled for the first time, even though they went 10-2. Um, it's not something you've seen at Clemson in a while of having poor quarterback play, struggling on offense. Um, the defense will still obviously be really good, but you get a couple guys coming off injury. Um, they're not 100% healthy, but a, even a not 100% healthy defense for Clemson is still a really good defense. But um, like I said, I think it's possibly the, the best possible time for us to catch them. New offense, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Um, I think they'll still be a little bit figuring out for them to do as well. So, like I said, um, no excuses. It's, it's the best time you're going to get them, and it's probably the best situation for us. I just, I, I don't see it being enough on our end uh, in the end to pull out a win. But it'll be a good Monday night um, to get back in the bins. That's always a fun game. Uh, we had fun there last year when we beat North Carolina's ass. So. Um, just looking forward to getting back in the uh, the swing of things. I guess I guess the only thing I'm concerned about is so like for you, what would what would you consider like a win? I mean, is it 
a, like a spread thing or just like looking more together? I really, I really haven't even looked at the spread. I'm not really concerned. Or maybe just uh, winning the football game. Well, I mean, he said that that wasn't really the expectation. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just. Asking. I mean, I mean, if you're in my situation, I don't think you can expect us to win the football game. I mean, you have to look at the product we've had on the field as a whole in the past three years, and and really temper your expectations. It's not been a good product at all. Um, I, I do think it was going to be an uphill battle for the jump when we transition. I do think there are a lot of things we could have done better. We could have made staff changes a lot sooner. We could have think, done things different. So, like I said, no excuses. It's no excuse that, well, we ran the triple option. But, I mean, it's been a piss-poor product. So, to go out there and think you're going to beat Clemson and that be the only way you can have a W come out of there um, is really just kind of setting yourself up to be pissed off and and start the year off on a bad on a bad note. I mean, yeah, it's not ideal to be sitting here saying uh, whatever I see, you know, whatever that may be is a win as long as we get that that sucks but um we're not in a position where we can take anybody and everybody um we're not in a position where we can flip our roster real quick and we're not in a position to where we can sit here and and we had athletes and guys that were physical football players just under a poor coaching scheme and turn that around quick that's just simply not the truth so um i guess a win for me is going to be if we're competitive we're in the game you know, it's one, two possessions here in the fourth quarter. Um, we don't we don't look like a high school team playing a college team, and we just don't look sloppy if we look coached. If we look coached, go out there and get beat by 10, 14 points, you know, I, I, I'll just go back, go ahead and say that's that's purely on the athletes, Jimmy's and Joe's. Um, if we go out there, we look sloppy, don't look coached, look like shit, undisciplined, and you get beat, you get beat by – you know, 21, 28 points, it's, it's going to be really frustrating. So I'd say that's probably where I'm at. Yeah, you know, no no moral victories and losses, but sometimes it is important how you lose a game. I, I oh, mean, I'm not, I'm not really necessarily looking for even a moral victory. I'm looking at a judge of where we are as a program. Are we going to be changing our coach here in three weeks? Um, I think that says a lot more about it. If you go out there and you look really well coached, you look, Chris, you go out there and you just get beat. Um, I think that says a lot more and adds a lot more optimism for me as a diehard fan that's going to go to the games regardless versus going out there and getting your 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 shit packed in um, and you're out of the game by halftime and it's a miserable football experience or environment at the game as a Tech fan. Um, I, I'm not really necessarily looking for a more victory. I'm looking for something to give me a little bit of something to look forward to a little bit of hope so I, I definitely think it's a, a unique experience to be in compared to you know whatever football fan whatever team you want to say right now um and that's just the facts it sucks it's unfortunate but that's just where we are so score predictions for both of y'all i only got two more things so one obviously oh. no disrespect to dante we know dante's a friend of the pod um so by calling him unproven that was definitely not a shot just want to clarify no that. No, we no, know, no. We know I, I we all ride with Dante. I wasn't, I wasn't making that point. I know he's not like a proven weapon. I'm just saying, like, right. as in, as in Dante. Dante's a very capable back, and like I've said this before, he'd be starting just about anywhere else in the ACC outside of Clemson. I agree. He would have him. Fact. Um, and the only other thing about Keon White, I noticed that he was listed. So obviously, I don't put out depth charts, but there's like a, uh, there's like projected starters and all that kind of stuff you can find online. Uh, and I realize he's listed at 285. 
Is he still yeah. at 285? Yeah. Is it like a playing weight for him? Yeah, he yeah, but so that's, he's just he's that's just a very a big boy. that's a very lean 285. Because between him, um, TJ Chemezda, Zeke Biggers, and then I can't think of who else is on the other side of that. Um, let's see yeah. who they had listed. So they had they had Connard as the other one at two yeah. at two fifty. That's yeah. a that's a lot of beef on the defensive line. Yeah, well, I mean that's what we've recruited. We've recruited guys that are six four, six five, six six. They just really need to fill out their frame. Um, it's taken a little bit of time. Cal Kennard, Noah Collins, Josh Robinson. I mean, and then you have guys like Makia Scott uh, from South Carolina. I mean, we've got the beef up there. It's just taking a little bit more time to develop that. So I definitely think the defensive line is going to be a lot better. Um, but yeah, Keon, that's his playing weight. But that's a very right. lean, a very quick, a very athletic 286. It's not a. Um, yeah, I didn't ball. know if that was just like a broken leg came in the spring fat and they hadn't updated it or what. No, he he looks like a freak out there. So that's okay. Okay, well, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if he's at right end, he'll be, he'll be against the freshman Blake Miller. So that'll be a good one to watch. That'll be something to watch. I mean, well, and also, you know, how long can he go uh, on the first game back, really healthy? You know, what's, what's? I'm sure his playing shape is not great, right? So, right. how long can he go? How much can he give you? That's, those are the kind of things I'm looking for, right? Like if he goes out there and it's really just been a bunch of hype. Okay, well. You know, we don't really have a whole lot to look forward to, and I can go ahead and prepare myself for we're going to be having an entire turnover. Um, but if not, and you go out there and you have guys that show they've been coached, guys that have been developing, then you maybe have something a little bit to look forward to, and you can at least go out there and compete against some teams this year and try to put together a winning season. So that's just kind of where I'm, that's where I'm at. I, I'm going to go into it with a a uh, a different – set of mind that I usually have in the past couple of years, but um, I don't know. We'll see. That's probably healthier. Much healthier. <laughs> All right, score All predictions. Right, so, yeah, score prediction. Um, Actually, first, I just just a quick question for both of y'all. Who has more passing yards in the game, Jeff Sims or DJ? That's, I'm, uh, I'm going to go Jeff Sims. Yeah, I, I would like to say Jeff Sims, and I'll tell you why it's tough. I, hate, I know I'm taking up a lot of time here, but it's tough for me because I don't know how improved our secondary is going to be, right? Like, obviously, I don't think Clemson knew just how poor our secondary was last year or so early in the season, but teams really picked we up. We also dropped quick. eight, and we couldn't do anything. We couldn't that, run the ball in three down linemen, and DJ I mean, certainly couldn't throw against eight guys back there. That's also true. So, I, I mean, I and also new offensive corner. I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's really hard for me to judge that. I would like to say Jeff. I would like to say Jeff's taking a big step forward, and I mean he can go out there and throw for more passing yards than DJ. Yeah, but, stick with it. Um, Stay confident with that. Jeff Sims. I think Jeff just because I think for DJ they're going to percentage throws. We're going to take a couple shots because you have to just to see if he can hit them, get some confidence. But I think we're, I mean three running backs that can go out there and get it. So. We're going to turn around and hand the ball off a lot. At least that's what I expect. I don't think they're a DJ go win this game because we saw yeah. 13 times last year. He just he just got it. Yeah, and he might be a, he might be 30 pounds lighter, but when they were when they when the only thing you hear all through camp is how much better he looks, how much better he moves, 
you know, the, the fact that his legs are going to be a, a factor now and nobody wants to talk about how he throws the football, that tells me everything I need to know. True. He's skinnier. He might suck a little bit less, but he's not. He's not what we thought he was going to be. All right, score predictions. Like Stid said, I don't think we're going to go out there and run up the score. Um, I, we're going to throw the ball a ton. I think it's going to be, you know, control the ball. Play. My, my guess would be something like 28-10. I think that would, that would probably be kind of where I'm at. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tech, you know, get us in some other stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, w- I would say something like 28-10, 28-13, yeah, something like I, that. I was kind of on the same. I was, I was choosing between 28-14, to uh, 14, 28-17. I'm, I'm kind of on the, on the path to just think about, like, 28-17, maybe we catch a cheap one towards the end. But um, in that situation, depending on how things looked, I'd probably be uh, not bad. But, yeah, I'm going to go probably 28-17. All right, there we go. I guess we'll see. This game's actually on Monday, so we, we got a little while before y'all's game. That kind of sucks, but uh, – Yeah, it'll be something different. Yeah. Going forward to it. Yeah. All right, moving on to my favorite topic, South Carolina and the South Carolina-Georgia State game. Um, at home, Williams-Brice, new LED lights – um, it's going to be a good time. Sean Elliott's coming in, and uh, as – I don't know if y'all know, probably know, but he was the interim coach when Spurrier left in 2015 uh, for South Carolina. So, I'm sure he's going to come in and, and want to win this game. But my keys to the game, the first one has got to be stopping the run um, on defense. South Carolina ranked 98th in run defense last year, um, and that's pretty much – running ball is pretty much Georgia State's whole identity. Um, they were eighth in the country last year and, and ran the ball 65% of the time. Um, they returned their two top running backs. It's kind of like a 1A, 1B type situation over there with one one sort of um, – Tucker Gregg is sort of more of the thunder, and then Jamias Williams more of the, the lightning type smaller back. Um, but Gregg ran for 953 yards, nine touchdowns. Jamias Williams ran for um, 859 yards and also nine touchdowns. Um, and then their quarterback, too, he's more of a runner than a passer. Um, he ran for 646 yards and three touchdowns. So all those guys are back, um, primed for a big season behind an offensive line that returned, I think, most of their most of their starters. Um, so stop and, you know, like I said, South Carolina had trouble stopping the run in most games. I mean – you can look at the Missouri game for that. Tyler Beatty went for like 200-something yards on us, and that's why we lost the game. But, um, you know, I think if we can't stop the run in this game, then it, it's, it, could get, uh, it could get scary, get on that borderline where it's coming down to a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Um, so stopping the run, I mean, we have um, – we got Alex Huntley besides Zach Pickens, which I think is an upgrade um, from Jabari Ellis, who did some good things uh last year for South Carolina but he just was an undersized defensive lineman for for an SEC team um and then you know the linebackers Damani Staley was just slow I mean he I think he was a smart he was a smart player but he just was slow and I think that really didn't help in in the run game so 
it's kind of a addition by subtraction there. Mo Kaba's a really athletic guy. He's, it's taken some time for him to kind of catch up to the game. Um, he came in with a torn ACL. Uh, but all indications is this year is going to – he's kind of going to be a leader on that defense. Um, so stopping the run defensively, second one, run the ball effectively. I mean, these could be keys to the whole season, um, but I'm just using them for the first game, of course. Um, South Carolina has a veteran offensive line and has a lot of talent in the backfield. Um, but the same was true last year, so you can't really mark that as, as a strength necessarily. Um, Georgia State, I mean, they're returning – I'm pretty sure they returned like 17 of their 22 starters. So, on defense, they're returning a bunch of guys off of a defense that last year broke a bunch of records, like uh, tackles for loss and, and turnovers. Um, so, I mean, they're not a defense to, to sleep on. Yeah, they're a lower level of football, but um, they're still a really good team. Um, but with our – I mean – with our whole offensive line returning, you got you finally got Marshawn Lloyd healthy and confident. Um, you have kind of stability at quarterback. You you just got to see a jump in production in that area. And game one is 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 important. Is important to show that in game one. Um, and then third key of the game, Spencer Rattler. Um, he's been the most talked about thing surrounding South Carolina football for I don't know since when since I guess he signed in December or January or whenever it was um you oh, know maybe the most talked about thing at South Carolina since clowning yeah I mean honestly um you know I mean I don't there's not really you've heard all the all all the hate you've heard all the praise um it's just kind of strap time to strap it up and, and see who's actually going to be. And you can't tell everything from the first game, but, I mean, if he comes out there looking like trash and throwing interceptions, that's not a great sign. Um, and then, I guess, just some uh, – South Carolina dropped their first official depth chart yesterday, I think it was. Um, like I said earlier, Mo Kava gets to start at linebacker over the six-year linebacker, Sherrod Green. He's been – Sherrod's been here for so long, and he's he's been a solid player. But Mo Kava, like I said, is just a – he feels more of that SEC linebacker frame, um, you know, athletic-wise. So, I'm excited to see him. Like I said earlier, again, Alex Huntley gets to start at D-tackle next to Zach Pickens. It just gives us really more weight on the inside, more, you know, taking up more room with those two big bodies. And Alex Huntley, is, he's, he's also a good player. Um, and then Cam Smith is actually starting at nickel, or at least he's listed starting at nickel. Um, of course, he's going to be covering outside from time to time. Um, but the staff feels confident in Darius Rush and Marcellus Dial as the two um, starting corners. And that kind of gives – that gives Cam Smith a chance to kind of be a rover around the field. He's a really good tackler. Um, so, I kind of like this for him. I guess we'll see how it works out. Maybe he'll get moved back outside because he is really – he's a pretty locked down corner, I would say. Um, he's pretty big though, right? Yeah, he's like six one. He's not super thick, um, but, I mean, he he's not afraid to come up and tackle you. Um, when you also got to think, you're going to get in different packages. You're going to be in dime, and he's not going to be off the field. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, he's, just, he's listed at nickel on on the first depth chart, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, not not very surprising from what I've heard from, from camp, but interesting. 
Um, but it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't mean that much in, in our reality. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you got Sean Elliott coming in. Um, you got a bunch of guys on the roster from South Carolina, probably going to come in pissed off. They probably wanted that South Carolina offer, never got it, ended up at Georgia State. Um, Jamias Williams played DB for South Carolina for three years, um, transferred over there and became a really good running back. So I think for them, this is going to be their Super Bowl. So, I mean, I saw a tweet earlier saying South Carolina is on upset watch. And, I mean, I, I, I think we're going to win, but I agree that this is a game that um, – if It's if, a trap game, 100%. Yeah, yeah, if South Carolina doesn't take it seriously and, and give them the respect that they deserve, then it could get ugly. Like Shane Beamer had a press conference today, and he, was, he said something along the lines of no disrespect to Eastern Illinois, but Georgia State is not Eastern Illinois. They're actually a, a solid football team, so can't come out sleeping on them. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess kind of like you said, I think they're a good team. Obviously they've been there before they upset Tennessee. What was that? Two years ago. Yep. So, I mean, they, and then Auburn, bad team. They, probably, they almost should have beat Auburn last year. Auburn had to block a punt for a touchdown to even be close. Oh, and that's, then, I forgot all about that. Yeah. So the spreads at 12 and a half, if y'all right. win by 12 and a half, or do you like sigh of relief, like let's move on or. I'm, I mean, I'm good with the with a, yeah, I'm I'm good with twelve and a half. Um, I mean, you would, like I said earlier about the whole Spencer Rattler thing. You can't tell everything from a first game, but you can tell some. You know, like if we came out there and blew them out, that'd be a really good sign. Um, but they are, like I said, they are a good team. So if if it does come down to the fourth quarter, that's not a great sign. But it's not the end of the world. It's not you know the end of the season. Like we're just gonna be horrible be a horrible team so um yeah i mean i think winning by 14 would be fine um my prediction right now i'm i'm, I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere like 34 17 ish or yeah I would 30 maybe I feel like that would be respectable on both ends maybe 34 20 somewhere along those lines um but, yeah, I'm excited. I'll be in Williamsburg. The only other thing I got before we go on to uh, Oregon and Georgia is um, Nick Emmonwari. Is he, is he starting in this, in this depth chart? I mean, where, he's, where is he's, he at? He's not starting. He is um, in the two deep, though, at free safety. Um, I, I think he's going to play a lot. I think he's one of those guys that I wouldn't be surprised if midseason he is the starter and he's a big piece of the defense. Um, I mean, everything – there's always that one guy in camp that everybody is freaking out over, and he's that guy this year. Does that mean he's going to be, you know, a great player? No, but it's it's a good sign. So, TBD. Yeah, TBD. But if there's nothing else from that, we can move on to um, Georgia, Oregon. Uh, what's your score prediction? Thirty-four seventeen. All right. Well, um, I guess I'm gonna actually. Be- I'm gonna go 3420. 3420. 3420. Hmm. Is that over or under? Over. Wait, no. Nice. No, it's not. It's under. 
Thunder? Yeah. Um, all right, so I guess I'll hop into the Oregon-Georgia game uh, Saturday at 3.30 in the bins. Probably the uh, probably going to be the biggest game on Saturday. Um, looking forward to it. Hopefully I'll be there. Um, but one of the obvious keys to the game um, is dominating a lot of scrimmage or uh, at least <laughs> at least controlling it. Um, obviously we lost pretty much our uh, biggest contributors on the D-line um, and a linebacker position. Um, and Oregon is returning uh, all linemen, all their starters on the offensive line. Uh, one of them, the guard is a uh, first team all Pac-12. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> um and they got some they got some big dudes up there, but um that's probably gonna be the biggest key of the game is winning the line of scrimmage, you know, making sure they don't give Bo Nix a, a bunch of we don't give Bo Nix a bunch of time to sit back and throw it. Um because in the past that's how we were able to uh beat him pretty well is get pressure on him, make him run around and make stupid mistakes um, like we've all seen him do. Um, with that being said, um, we really only have a couple guys with a lot of experience returning on that front seven um, with Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, and Robert Beal. Um, other than that, there's a lot of new faces on that front seven. So, I mean, this is going to be a big test game one for those guys uh, going up against an offensive line. Um, I will say this though, Oregon's. I'm really interested to see what Oregon's offensive game plan is. Um, really, because you know, Dane Laney came over there and he's obviously a defensive minded coach. Um, and their offensive coordinator was actually Bo Nix's offensive coordinator his freshman year at Auburn. Fun fact. Um, I think his last name is Dillingham or something like that. Um, but Oregon lost um, – yeah, they lost all their production on the offensive side, uh, which is really only their their uh, quarterback and two running backs. C.J. Verdell um, went to the draft. I think he went undrafted free agent. Um, but the he lit big up guy, Ohio State, though. Huh? He lit up Ohio State, though. I'll give him that. Yeah, he did. Um, and then Travis Dye. Um, who was arguably the best player on their team last year on the offensive side. He transferred to U, uh, the real USC. I relax. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, yeah, uh, Travis Dow was responsible for 18 touchdowns last year um, on the ground and through the air as a running back. So, you know, granted, they have a whole new – quarterback coming in, arguably it's not going to be that big of a drop-off from a talent standpoint because um, Bo Nix is talented, but, you know, he struggles to put it together. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, how they attack our our youngish defense. Um, if they're going to try to establish the run first and get Bo comfortable or if they're going to come out guns a-blazing. Um, but when that – 
a lot of scrimmage is going to be key um, for our defense. Um, another key to the game is getting Stetson in a rhythm, I feel like. Um, you know, he had a big year last year, obviously, uh, very productive. Um, offense as a whole uh, had a record. I think it was 567 total points or 97, somewhere around there um, for the whole year, which is a school record. And people are saying they think we should be able to beat that this year, but, you know, we'll see. Um, average 38 points per game. And we're going up against a, a Oregon team. Their strength is going to be their defense this year, um, I would say, because they don't really have uh, how many playmakers on the offensive side. Um, they arguably have one of the best linebackers in the country, um, Noah Sewell. Um, they also have Justin Flo now, who they're saying is supposedly a carbon copy of him. Um, they did lose, however, in the secondary. Um, McKinley, Verone McKinley the third, he got drafted uh, in this year's draft. He led the team with six picks and was second in tackles last year for the Ducks. Um, and obviously he lost Kayvon, um, and he led the team with seven sacks and 12 and a half sack, uh, tackles for a loss. So they are they did lose a couple key guys on that defense. Um, so I think what Munkin's going to do is try to get, you know, Stetson in a rhythm early and get him comfortable because I, I do think we can uh, pick apart this Oregon secondary. Um, because they do, I think they have one one starter uh, returning from last year's secondary, and he only played five games. He got hurt the rest of the season, um, but he did have three picks in those five games. So um, we'll see. That is going to be huge. Um, and another key is uh, establishing the run. I really want to see Ken Kendall Milton get into it this year. Um, you know, I want to. I'm tired of listening to all this hype and he's going to be the next great UGA back and blah, blah, blah. Well, he hasn't done anything to prove that, and he's already a junior. Um, so, you know, if he gets rid of this injury bug, hopefully he can be dominant. We'll see. But I think uh, Kenny McIntosh is going to be – he's going to have a good game. Um, we're going to have to exploit their secondary – and uh, with our tight ends, because that's obviously our, our biggest group on offense. Um, and just a little, uh, just a little extra. Um, Bo Nix's history against us since he's uh, why he was at Auburn. Um, he's thrown for a total of over six hundred yards. Um, in the three games that we played him, but he's only had one touchdown. And I'm pretty sure four or five turnovers. Um, so that's one, you know, even though our defense is, you know, going to be on the young side, the majority of them, um, I think seeing Bo Nix back there will give them a little bit of confidence, um, you know, Hopefully not to the point where they overestimate him, but they won't be scared of uh, what he can do because they've seen him. Um, 
the veterans on the defense have. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's – those are pretty much it. Unfortunately, uh, in good old Kirby fashion, he hasn't announced um, the starters um, on the key positions that um, are need to be filled. Um, and he probably won't likely do that till the day before the game or the day of the game. So, um, but I expect it to be up front, Jalen Carter, um, Zion Logue, and uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. Um, and then at linebackers, uh, Jamin Dumas Johnson, uh, Tresman Marshall, um, Robert Beal, and Nolan Smith. And out wide, you got Keely Ringo and probably Kamari Lasseter. Um, and in the back end, uh, Christopher Smith and Tyke Smith, or potentially William Poole. Um, so that's who I expect to run out there on defense. And offense, you already know everyone that's coming back. Um, so yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game at first. I feel like um, should be an exciting game. I don't. It's gonna. I don't see them coming out and you know throwing up a bunch of points, but you know their defense is also you know good enough to where uh, they can limit us as well. Um, and depending on how they come out, because, you know, before Mario Cristobal was there, they were kind of up-tempo offense. And then when he was, when he was head coach um, the last couple of years, they were very conservative. And so I'm curious to see if they go back to the up-tempo um, or if they try to just keep it conservative and run the ball like they did last year. Um, but looking at their running back room – with a couple of transfers. They got a couple of transfers at wide receiver position as well. They're young at wide receiver. Um, I'm expecting probably to try to keep it up tempo with uh, Bo Nix to get him comfortable. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good game. All right, so score prediction. Uh, my score prediction would probably be – 31 zip. <laughs> I'm going to. I like 3410. Oh, God. Okay. I thought it was going to be a little more tame than that. The disrespect it be, begins. It will, it will be at first. I, I'm not saying it's going to be like that right out of the gate. I expect it to be somewhere like. 17-7 at halftime, or even closer, honestly. Um, and then I think we blow it open by finding mismatches. Because um, I, I think a big point of their defense, obviously, is just – or, I mean, Noah Sewell. And so, if we get him on the other side of the field with the ball going the other way, I think we'll be beneficial. Um, so, and obviously, I think Munkin's going to throw – three tight ends out there and say, pick one. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Yeah, for the defense and stats and just pick one exactly. and throw it. Exactly. I'm kind of excited for it. I, I don't really know what to expect from either team, and that's kind of what makes it so intriguing because I think Georgia's offense is going to be fine. You know, I yeah. don't think it's going to be any drop-off from last year. I just don't know what to expect from the defense. And then Oregon, obviously, I mean, they lost probably four of the six players I could name on their team. So, yeah. I just don't – I just don't really know what to expect. But I, I will say this. I fully expect Bo Nix to be running a lot. Oh, he's probably going to – Whether he's it's gonna, designed, RPOs, yeah. they're going to get him out away from the line of scrimmage and – just, I mean, basically either sling it or take off running. Yeah, he's he's going to be their um, – I would say, yes, he, he's going to be their leading rusher and passer. Okay. My next question was, do you think he'll he'll run the ball more than their running backs? Probably. I mean, because their running backs are young. Um, like I said earlier, they lost their top two guys. Um, they had a transfer come in from Minnesota. I don't know if he's any good. Um, so, if I had to guess, you know, obviously the offensive coordinator is going to throw in a lot of stuff, like you said, you know, some some read option, get bow in space or RPOs, just the, anything to get our young defense out of whack and, you know, confused. I will say the only prediction I have for this game is that Oregon tries a trick play in the first quarter. And that's, <laughs> and that's how we'll know. Yeah, you always know. You always know. All right, picks. Kick us off, Sam. All right. Um, first game, we got a little Thursday night action. Uh, we got West Virginia going on the road to Pitt. Um, the backyard brawl, a rivalry game. Pitt's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, both these teams have new quarterbacks. Um, I like Pitt here. I think Pitt's defense is going to be pretty good. Um, not world beaters, but I think Pitt's going to be pretty good, and I don't think West Virginia has a whole lot of athletes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm also going to take Pitt. Uh, I don't think Pitt will be what they were last year, but I think they're a better team than West Virginia. I'm going West Virginia here, boys. I like it. They got JT Daniels. They returned all five starters on the offensive line. I don't know about their defense, but I'm just just going with it. Pitt lost a lot, including Jordan Addison, the best receiver in football. So, yep, Pitt lost their whole offense except for a Banacanda and their running back. Yeah, Devinny, what you got? I'm going West Virginia too, just because JT Daniels is on the team. Got to show him some love, even though he's a um a little soft. I mean, you know, you'll have that. He's Divinity Soft. Um, another Thursday night game. We got we got Penn State three and a half point favorite on the road against Purdue. Um, Penn State was pretty bad on offense last year. Purdue's got Aiden O'Connell coming back at quarterback. Um, this is just one of those games. Purdue. I got Purdue. Uh, I'm also gonna. I, I'm sorry. Also, I'm gonna take Penn State. Yeah, I'm going Penn State here, too. Um, no real reason, just because. That's a good reason, though. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, no idea about either of these teams going in this year, so I'll just pick Purdue. Purdue, they're, lost, uh, Purdue lost David Bell, didn't they? 
I mean, he uh, has the draft. Yeah. Dylan Bell or Diamond? David Bell. David Bell. David. Dylan Bell. Chill out. My bad. All right. So next game, um, this is just a fun one to throw in there. We got TCU, 14-point favorite on the road against Colorado. Um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say we're all picking the Horn Frogs. Yep. Yep. Divinny? Divinny. I mean, yeah. I just thought it was understood. <laughs> okay. I mean, hey, what's understood don't got to be said. Um, right. The next one, we got a little interesting one. UNC is a point and a half favorite on the road at App State. Now, I don't know what to expect from UNC, but without Sam Howell, they were awful with him. I'm assuming they'll be awful without him. Um, so, yeah, I like App State. Holy upset. If that's even an upset at a point and a half. Uh, I think I'm going to take UNC. I know they don't have much returning. Um, they weren't good last year, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll like them out of the gate. I'm taking UNC as well. And partly because they already they played a game last week. So they, they got the, the rust knocked off. App State's coming in. They didn't play. Um, Drake May had a pretty good pretty good game. I mean, against not a good competition, but it's nice to get a young quarterback um, a game like that under his belt before he takes on some actual competition like App State. So I'm going to UNC. Who did they play last week? They played Florida A&M. That's right. What was the score? Divini, what'd you think? The score was 56-24. Yeah, I'm going App State. Boom. All right. Um, so, that, yeah, then we got Georgia and Oregon. Georgia's an 11-point favorite here. Um, it's probably another – I'm with Divini. I think Georgia will probably pull away in the second half. Um, but I expect it to be fairly close. I, uh, I think uh, Oregon's no good. So, <laughs> Yeah, Oregon's just not – they're not proven enough for me. Georgia – They're not like that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Vinny, we're, we know where you stand, so we'll just move on. Um, this is a, actually an interesting game. So Cincinnati and Arkansas are ranked. Arkansas, this is a home game for them. They're a six-point favorite. Um, Arkansas returns a lot. Cincinnati does not. I'm, I'm taking Arkansas big here. Yeah, for the same reasons I'm taking Arkansas well. I think they're a good coach team in Cincinnati. Obviously, it's going to have to replace Desmond and uh, really, they're not returning. Everybody, much. Desmond Ritter, yeah. the running back that came from Bama, Alex Pierce, the receiver, uh, I mean, Sauce Gardner, the other guy at corner that got drafted, Kobe Bryant. best edge rusher, MyJ Sanders is gone. I mean, yeah, for, for all those reasons, I'm also going Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to be a really good team uh, regardless. Yeah. So, surprise at the spread at six. It's because Cincinnati's newfound hype. But, yes, I'm going Arkansas as well. Perfect. So, Georgia State and Carolina, like I said, we talked about this one a little bit already. Carolina, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Carolina wins, and I think the I think the spread is pretty accurate. I, I think Carolina here by 14. Yeah, I'm also taking Carolina to cover. Yeah, I already, already gave my thoughts on that, uh, 34-20, so. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would hope uh, Carolina wins this game, <laughs> regardless of who's at quarterback. I hope so, too. 
So are you picking him or are you just hoping for him? Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> he's, he's hoping because he's picking him. Oh, I mean, that would make more sense. Um, then we got another one. I mean, this is this is the game day game. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here. I don't think Notre Dame stands a chance against Ohio State. Ohio State is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, don't really know what to expect out of their defense, but I do expect them to throw up about eh, 45-ish. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ohio State. It'll probably be close. They'll probably mess around and let Notre Dame stay in it for a little while. But Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ohio State with kind of like a backdoor cover game or at the end. So, um, yeah, I think I think Ohio State will beat them pretty handedly towards the Yeah, end. Yeah, I'm going to Ohio State. Yeah. All right, so last game I got on the list here. Um, on Sunday, we got Florida State and LSU. Um, LSU is a three-point favorite here. Um, I don't really know what to think. I think both teams are going to be pretty bad. I'm picking Florida State just because, I mean, I don't like Brian Kelly. Um, Florida State's already played a game. They're, I think, I think they're going to be able to run the ball okay. Um, we'll see. I expect it to be a really ugly game. Yeah, I, uh, I'm also taking. No, actually, I'm going to. I was going to change my pick to Florida State since they played a game, but I think I'm, I think Florida State's going to be uh, no good. So again, so I'm going to take LSU actually. Yeah. Um, Florida State has played a game, um, which that's that was my reasoning behind you this UNC game. But I think LSU is actually underrated this offseason. I think they're going to be a pretty good team uh, overall. So I'm going LSU. I'm going LSU as well. As, yeah, I would I mean, not be surprised I, to see LSU win this game by 30. Florida State, just, <laughs> they get this, you know – what if scenario before every year and then they win three games. So I mean they, I think they're I'm, gonna suck. I just think LSU is gonna be, you know, the same thing that have been the last two years. Just a bunch of athletes out there, undisciplined, misfits. I mean, just busted coverages, also, you know, the whole nine. But we'll see. So that's, that's what fair. we got. That's fair. Um just to just to throw it back to last week, obviously we just kind of BS week zero. Um but uh, Sid came out on top. So Sid was, let's see. Hmm. Well, Sid was only two and two, um, but he had the most points. So that's uh, that's good. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how I came out on top. What uh, what happened there? Hmm. Uh, I only got one game right. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob and I. I think we got the same. Oh, I guess because you got yeah, you, UTEP, yeah, Texas was worth more. Yeah, dude, yeah. Vandy threw me for a loop. I was not expecting that. Yeah, they, I've never seen Vandy have backup. Them. No, <laughs> I've never seen them score more. Bro, than I told points. I told y'all about that last week when we were talking about it. I said their quarterback is kind of nice with it, and he went off. I think this is more about Hawaii being. Booty cheeks. Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were pretty mad. <laughs> so, but this is a, this is a perfect segue into our final segment. It's time to say something nice about Mandy. Good for them, dude. Their quarterback is I'm nice. Glad they won. I'm glad they won a game. I mean, I, I the first time I ever picked them, they uh, they didn't let me down. So I appreciate that. It might be I the last time we pick them this season. Honestly, 
Unless they're be, playing. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you're playing Georgia, then we'll pick them again. But anyway, that's all we got. Yeah. Well, for anyone out there, thanks for listening. Um, excited for week one, boys. Uh, what are what are what are hold on before we end? What are our plans for opening weekend? What are, where's everybody watching the games? I'm gonna be in Williams Bryce, um, watching these, watching the LED lights. Hopefully, watching Spencer Rattler throw for four or five touchdowns. We'll see. The Benny might be in the bins, bro. You might be. Yeah. Fam? I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Uh, Ryan's coming home. I don't think he's going to be able to come home, so I, I'm getting the other ticket. Yeah, I will, be, uh, I will be in the dove field. Saturday, what about Monday? Yeah, we're talking about for your game. Oh, I'll be in the dove field Monday until dark. But uh, but then I'll be pacing around my basement, probably <laughs> saying a lot of um, expletives, um, just really getting back in the groove. About DJ, probably. I get that. Yeah, and be, sending uh, sending text about it. <laughs> yeah, there will there will be no Snapchats of my heart rate below forty five. I can promise you that. Saturday, I'm gonna wake up uh, early as hell, turn on college game day, watch football all day, kind of relax, not act like we're we have a bye week, and then uh, Monday, <laughs> gonna spend all day probably in Atlanta, um, go to the bins, and then I took off Tuesday, so. Uh, it's going to be a long weekend for Sid. It's time to get it, boys. We're back. Well, yeah, well, there you have it. We're back, baby. We'll see you all next week. Peace.